0: Every company has one. The place where the hats with the wrong logo are hidden from sight. The empty office where the bags that miss the event date are banished. The storage room where the shirts with the smeared imprints are entombed. It's called the Closet of Shame. And every promotional products distributor has a story about making an unwanted contribution. In this podcast, those stories will be shared and the impact on the client relationship will be explored. The Closet of Shame is available only at Promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's your host, Bill Petrie. And welcome to this episode of Closet of Shame. I am your host, Bill Petrie, and with me is a good friend of mine and a good guest, but we're going to hold off on a second and thank our sponsor, Citadel Brands. If you're looking for fantastic apparel, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you be, that's made specifically for printing and embellishing, look no further than our friends at Citadel Brands. They have 100% cotton face on all their fleece garments, and they're designed for branding and putting a logo on it, so it's great. Their logos, their their goal is very simple, they want to be the canvas that expresses the thoughts and ideas of your customers. Don't you love that? So if you want to learn more and head over to citadelbrands.com, you won't be sorry you did. Now my guest today is a good friend of mine, someone I've known, and it scares me to say this, but almost 20 years, um, Terry McGuire, who is the Vice President, or Senior Vice President of Marketing, Communications, and Supplier Relations at Halo Branded Solutions. He's been at Halo over 19 years. Um, Terry and I can tell you some great stories about uh, what it's like to go through a corporate bankruptcy, but that'll cost you at least three beers apiece. Huh. But... Uh... He really has served in a large variety of marketing, supply chain, and sales positions in the promotional products industry for 33 years. He continues to live in Sterling, Illinois with his wife, Jill, and their two adult children, Rachel and Nick. But I think my favorite thing about Terry, and a lot of people don't know this, is that he invented the rhombus. Terry, do you want to talk about inventing the rhombus?
1: I'm I'm, I'm far too humble for that, Bill.
0: Well, and, and
1: you are. Anyway, Terry, welcome to the show said no one ever about Terry Maguire, <laughs> but I thought I would just to see how it ran. Re- yeah, it's got a nice ring to it.
0: Well, all three listeners are going to be pretty excited right. when they hear I'm that. I'm
1: far too humble. That's nice.
0: It is nice. Well, it's great to have you here, and I think you know the uh, the premise of the broadcast is, you know, our industry is one where there are multiple opportunities for failure, and failure does happen, and want to talk about how we deal with that. And the reason I wanted to have Terry on the show uh, instead of just a, a frontline distributor salesperson, is Terry has to deal with this at a large level. How, how big is Halo these days, Terry? I mean, wh- what's the sales volume today?
1: Um, we'll finish this year a little over $510 million in revenue.
0: That's fantastic. And that, that is such fantastic. And again, having gone through a lot of those wars with you, as we talked about, the, the turnaround is, is nothing short of dramatic. And it's a, such a respected organization in the industry. So when an order goes wrong, and obviously you work with all the salespeople on some level within the organization. How are you usually brought into the loop when something does go wrong with an order? Well, if it, surprisingly, it really
1: doesn't matter um, in terms of the size of the issue, the financial size of the issue. Okay. It, it, it could be a, a $1,000 order that has gone wrong, but it, it's for a million dollar client. Mm-hmm. And, and so in terms of risk ass- assessment, I get involved or get, things get escalated to me when our customer service team, who does a great job day in and day out, uh, for some reason, uh, is just at a sticking point, or when an account executive gets to a point where you know I mean, they're they're the quintessential rock in a hard place. They have a client that wants, you know, blood, and right. and and they're in the middle, and they and they have a vendor that's saying we didn't do anything wrong, and so then I'm kind of the the, you know emergency brake on the train that they pulled.
0: Well, and and absolutely, and totally get that. But you've got to have to gather some information because, you know, I've, I've been in that position where you're at, and there's the supplier's version, there's the end user's version, there's the distributor's version, or the salesperson's version, and somewhere between all that is somewhat of the truth, kind of? Right. How do you get the information? How do you kind of, as you gather information, how do you know kind of the right path to go?
1: That's a great question. the The first thing is you you never take one person's side of the story, and and run with that. You you basically interview like you had mentioned. You interviewed the client, uh, the account executive, and and then the vendor. And there are a lot of times our account executives will come to me, and and you know say you know the vendor really screwed this up, and they did this and they did that, or my client's really unhappy because of this. And I'll go to the vendor and they'll say, whoa, 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 here are 14 emails that prove otherwise. And and so a lot of it is just getting the all of the information and, and more importantly, making that information, exposing that information to all the parties involved in the situation. And and what I have found is that when when everybody sees, you know, kind of the the same description of the accident at the intersection, when everybody sees the same thing and gets the chance to see the same thing they'll arrive at the same conclusion whether they do it at that moment or or whether emotionally they arrive at that and they're just you know it'll take them a little time to get where you need them to be the the truth in this business in terms of when something gets screwed up who did wrong and who has what percentage or portion of culpability is really pretty easy to get to it's just that most people for a variety of reasons do not ever want to get there they they don't want to take responsibility
0: no it's really easy to point a lot of fingers and that, as you were talking i was thinking about it. it's so important for everybody to keep some level of documentation so that you can when the time arise arises you can kind of piece the truth together and, and have that transparent conversation so you can put all the cards on the table and say okay here's where we're really at and right here's what we need to do right
1: and and I would you know I was gonna Go say Bill I you know I, I've I've had enough issues over the years that have um, where, where there have been uh, external legal counsel involved where where I kind of have the run through of it and and I so I have a good sense of the landscape and so my role at at a certain point is simply to be an advisor and a counselor and to say. Uh, Look, here are four emails that they really kind of have you dead to rights on this issue, right. and and here's what here's what can happen from here if you choose to continue to fight it, or or here's what, you know here's what can happen from here, uh, if you come to the same conclusion that I just did, or you can hire someone, pay someone a lot of money, to come to the same conclusion that I just did.
0: <laughs> so really, you're doing them a favor.
1: I, I am. And, you know, it's, it's like I, I tell both sides usually because it's normally the clients normally aren't quite as involved as the account executive and the supplier. Right. And, and I tell them, you know, I have a huge advantage in this situation. I, I'm like, you know, you probably buy a car about every four or five years and you're at a huge disadvantage with that, that car salesman because he's, he's selling five a day. And so you're coming to me with this issue. It's the biggest issue you've ever ever had in your career, but this is the fourth one I've had today. And so right. so I can kind of help walk you through how this process ought to work.
0: You've seen the movie enough times to know pretty much how it's gonna end, I would think, at uh, the outset.
1: I, yeah, there are some minor changes to the script, but yeah, the, the end conclusion, getting to the end conclusion and, and leading everyone to the right thing to do is I, I've seen it enough.
0: Yeah, with with the way Halo is structured, so the account executives are really the point person for coordinating everything, and obviously when something goes wrong and the end user gets promo that... Um, they're not happy with. They're the ones who are the first line of contact for their end user. So their hair is on fire. And again, having been at Halo for eight years, I know the internal perspective is, look, the salespeople are our clients. So now you have your client, an account executive calling you, their hair is on fire because their end user's hair is on fire. How do you keep emotions at bay how do you keep their heads cool when they feel like my world's falling apart and I'm gonna lose out on a, a huge sale or a huge client
1: you you remind them that first and foremost and, and I was really lucky when I 30 year plus years ago when I got in the industry I worked with a guy named Denny Hansen. and and Denny's mantra uh, he was customer service manager at Newton manufacturing and his mantra was it's not a question of who's right it's a question of what's right and what i explain to them is to to every account executive i get the fact that this will there's a huge potential impact on your income and i understand that but let's put that away for just a minute and let's get to what the right thing to do is in this situation let's also realize that you know whoever came up with with that thought that the customer is always right You know, there are days I'd want to strangle that person because in some cases your customer is not always right. But doing what's right for your customer is very different than assuming that your customer is always right.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I say here kind of a variation of that is the customer is not always right. In fact, most of the times they're wrong, but the customer's always first. Right, right, right. And, and, and I think that's a better perspective. The customer always right is a recipe for, for failure, disappointment and all sorts of bad things. Correct. So you've talked about you've been in the industry for, for 30 years. You have decades of experience and a lot of relationships in this industry. How does that help you when you're working with a, resire, uh, a supplier to resolve a problem? How do those relationships that you've established for years help you? Well,
1: yeah, I learned a long time ago and, it, you know, in the spirit of full disclosure, I, I was a supplier for five years um, yes, as well, kind of in the middle of my career. And, and so it, what, uh, the, the relationship factor is, is good, um, but I, there very rarely been situations where um, I've relied on those relationships to try to get a, a supplier to agree to something that I know is the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, I'm fortunate that I have done that for many years because then when I when I really do need one of those favors or when I say, look, we're, we're at this point, we're fighting over six hundred dollars. Right. Honestly, get over the six hundred dollars. Do me a favor on this one. I'll find a way to get your, you know, to, to pay it back to you it it has a lot more added value but but if every time you approach a situation like this and i think bill a lot of a lot of distributors and a lot of people in our industry do this they they approach this like i'm going to get the vendor to pay for this
0: right that is usually the default thought i it, think
1: it, it is and and the problem with that is that there that that goes on enough that most vendors are start out the conversation a little bit or a lot defensive
0: no question no question
1: and and so the best thing you can do that if you're a distributor salesperson or a distributor or really even a a supplier the best thing you can do the value of contrition is you you just can't measure it in dollars and that is to say my customer is unhappy i get that you did nothing wrong and and here but here's what i need for a solution
0: well it's real easy to forget um, when emotions get high and dollars are real it's hard to remember sometimes that we're all just people trying to get along and get through the world and get through the day
1: yeah if if you're in this business for um, you know if you plan to be in this business for six months or less um, <laughs> you know then then you you don't this is this is truly one of the last relationship based industries. That, that there is.
0: No question. And it's a deeply personal relationship industry because you're taking something that's so precious to somebody, their brand, and putting it on something. It's personal. Yeah.
1: And 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 most suppliers will say, Man, I get the pinch that you're in. Thanks for admitting that. We yeah, we yeah. did everything we could on this. We're gonna help you out. But if you go instead to a supplier and say, I've got three emails that there's enough gray matter, gray area in there that you really ought to pay this $6,000 or whatever the amount is, then then you're going to put them on the defensive, and then that's where the battle starts.
0: Agreed, and I think you, it's, uh, you know, I, I know you well enough to know you approach these situations not from a, hey, Mr. Supplier, I need you to fix this. It's, hey, Mr. Supplier, I need your help.
1: Exactly. And, and, and you know, a, a key point you would ask, Halo's volume. Now, we'll, we'll finish the year... We'll, well over 500 million, but we had the same approach when I started uh, 19 years ago when we were at 77 million. And, you know, your supplier, if you really believe that your suppliers are your partners, then, then treat them like that.
0: No, absolutely, because the word partnership is thrown out just a little too often in this industry with very little substance behind it.
1: When I when I was a supplier, every time a, a distributor would tell me that they were they wanted to partner with me, I it was instinctive. I'd grab my billfold. I was just like, oh, I know what that means.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons when I started my own distributorship, when I moved to Tennessee um, and I would go to shows and I I did leverage some relationships to get uh, good pricing, you know, just to help compete. I would take a supplier rep that had supported me and say, what night are you free for dinner? Wherever you want to go, it's on me, and I want you to know that up front. I'm not asking for anything. I want to take you to dinner because, as you know, as a supplier rep, when you're asked, hey, what are you doing for dinner tonight, what you're really being asked is, hey, can you buy me dinner tonight? Right,
1: right. No, no, <laughs> that, 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 that's uh, exactly right.
0: And I did that to underscore the fact, hey, I'm in this too, right? I'm in this with you. So totally get that. When, when, let me ask you this. When you're working with a supplier on a resolution, what do you feel the single most important factor in making sure that both the internal client, in in your words or in your terms, would be the account executive, to make sure both the internal client and the external client, their end user, feel the solutions appropriate?
1: Yeah, again, a great question. That's a that's a difficult one to answer because it's, it's all. A t- and
0: it's probably different for everyone. The, I'm sure.
1: I was going to say it's it's different for everyone. I I think where one of the biggest disconnects that I see is is that. And not just at Halo, I see this, you know, throughout the industry. I think account executives are so afraid of any sort of unsatisfactory information. With they don't collaborate with their clients on problems. They run. Agreed. They they are fearful of of any resolution less than you can have all this for free. Um, be, being a, a deal breaker for the client, and what I have found, and and so one of the things I really strongly endeavor to do when we, when we can't quite get where we need to be for for satisfaction, to say, let's do a conference call with your customer. Oh no, yeah. oh no, no, they want it for free. Well, it it turns out they don't. They don't. No. And and so it's okay to give your to give your client bad news.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. Um, or 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 work with your client to um, you know uh, to to be part of the solution rather than run in fear that anything less than they can have everything they want uh, even if it was ludicrous for free uh, is the is the solution. Now now that said, there are times when when vendors give a horrible resolution. Right. And and I've tried every way in the world to reason with them. And and they, for a variety of reasons, again, uh, they just don't want to. And, right. and at that point, you have to do, you have to look at your client relationship and say, this is how much this is worth. And, and I'm in this for the long haul. And so I'm gonna take money out of my pocket and do that. Now, fortunately, Halo's big enough that right. when, when that does happen, we blackball those vendors and but we we tell them that up front we we say your position on this is unreasonable um you still owe another two thousand dollars uh it's very clear we're going to make our client happy and and because they have a very valid uh claim here and and if you don't want to participate in that claim here's how we will deal with you you know when we lose money with you we put you on what we call a dnu or a do not use list Right. And no one in our organization will ever be able to use you again. And, you know, for some vendors, they say, yeah, that's great. I don't care. Right. And that's cool. You know, until six months later when somebody gets a quote from them and then they realize we're not going to take the order. And then they come back and say, how can I work with you? And it's like, well, honestly, you had your chance and you're just yeah, you kind of missed the boat. Yeah. You're not people we really want to, you know, again, be in business with.
0: Well, you should do the right thing at the first opportunity, not the final opportunity, right? Well, you never get a second
1: chance to make a good first impression. and, And rarely will someone give you a second chance to make a great first resolution.
0: And, and here's the thing too. I, I know about you, and I know about Halo. And it, you know that what you were, you, the way you described it, it could come across to some people as like some sort of strong arm tactic. Hey, we're big, and we can Absolutely blackball not. you if you don't do things the way we want them done. It's not that. It's hey, we have we we are going to blackball you because you're not doing the right thing. Well, and 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 you're not working with us to solve the problem.
1: And 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 again, we're we're very big on transparency. Absolutely. And, and that's where we say this is how we're gonna take this from here if you choose not to participate at this level. Because, right. and again, I have the good fortune of being able to look at things with a clear perspective because I get paid every second Friday. And so, so none, of, none of this loss, you know, if someone loses commission, it's not like, you know, they're gonna give me a pay cut. Right. And, and so I can be a little more objective than a salesperson because it's not coming directly out of my pocket. And, and but I can tell the vendor that too, say, look, I'm just trying to find out what's right here. And I'm trying to try to sort out the the responsibility and make sure that financially everyone's responsibility and their financial commitment match up.
0: Yeah. And no, it makes total. Yeah. Sense. And, and then
1: if they say, you know, F you, which some have, sure, you sure. know, or or I'm not going to let you bully me. I'm like, relax, man. I'm not trying to bully you. I'm just I'm trying to. Here's where I see this and help me see it differently. And if they can't, then I'll say, here's where we go from
0: here. Yeah. No, that's great stuff. And when you're talking about working with the uh, internal client, with your account executives and the external clients, I came, I was thinking, it's what I always say is clients don't expect perfect. I know sales reps think they do, but they really don't. But they do expect the truth and they do expect uh, communication. And they're usually a lot more reasonable than you think they are. And it's so it's very funny to hear you say that a lot of the time sales reps are like, hey, man, I don't want you talking to my customer. Right, right, right. As, as I say often, and Kirby Hosman hears me say this all the time, our industry is founded on two things and two things alone, a complete paranoia and mild alcoholism.
1: <laughs> Pro- and probably in that order. And there, there may be a causal relationship.
0: Uh, there might be. There might be. So let me ask you this. There's a lot of smaller distributors who, who are going to listen to this podcast. What's the one piece of advice you would give to a distributor that just had an order go south and they're trying to save the client?
1: Some of the things we talked about today. Yeah. First of all, under, understand the value of the client and really what the client is looking for. Make the client part of the solution. Don't run in fear uh, of giving them news that may not be ideal. They understand that mistakes happen. Secondly, as objectively as possible, review all the correspondence and all the information and when you reach out to the vendor, try to try to get an understanding of levels of responsibility. Who split the pie up? Third, I I would say if you were in any way at fault, be very quick To recognize that and to acknowledge it with the supplier because you'll get a better result and and then fourth if if you get a supplier that is not willing to help you after you're honest you're open-minded and and you're focused on your client then you have to sit back look at the value long-term value of that client relationship and determine financially what it's worth to you and and again there are some clients that If you see a trend where every single order they seem to find something wrong and you're having to give accommodations or what I call that is, you know, they're they're negotiating price after the sale. They're they're taking their discount after the sale. Evaluate that. There's more than a financial burden that you carry when you do that. There's there's a, a an emotional burden and it's also very time consuming. There's an opportunity cost.
0: That's some really, really great advice. This is exactly why I wanted to have you on this podcast because you've had so much experience doing it. Um, Some super great advice. I have one final question for you. And I actually think I know the answer, but I'm not going to say what I think it is. It's my favorite question to ask. How many years will I be in therapy for doing this for 30 years?
1: I can't count that high. (laughs) It's going to be a lot.
0: (laughs) What's the worst piece of client merchandise you've ever seen?
1: What do you mean? Worst piece. Like the worst. worst
0: piece, one that you knew as as it as you heard about it or went through the system, you go, that's going to be terrible. That's the client's going to hate it. It's going to be, it's going to go, it's going to just be bad. It's going to end up in some pile of crap somewhere and never be used.
1: Oh man, uh, Gosh, there are a lot. There are a lot to choose from. Yes, there I, are. I, I, you know, I, I, one of the things that I would say is you probably half of the reason that that i and my my biggest claim by the way was was around six hundred thousand dollars so so half half of the issues that i deal with or that get escalated to me are the result of either a customer and or a salesperson approving a pre-production proof just because they were in a hurry and not looking at it to realize that it would be trash and then the customer gets it and said oh my god this is horrible why would you print red why would you print my red logo on a red t-shirt right and and that's where the trouble starts then you have to go back and say well you both had the opportunity to to approve this proof why why did you approve it then if you didn't like it and that's again at least a hat, a half to a third so i've yeah. i've seen the red on red uh on on shirts um boy i'm trying to think of the most un- just unspeakable hideous you know almost an act of human depravity uh and and there's a, you know i'm assuming this is a pg-rated show so i can't i can't oh, we can go pg-13 okay there there are there are a few that i've looked at that i'll say because i get one of the other things i always try to do is give me a sample so i could look look at it myself Right. And there are a few boxes that I've opened where I'm like, what the, you know, fudge bars fudge. <laughs> <is> exactly
0: what? <laughs> who, who, who thought of this? Yeah. Yeah. It's made One I actually thought you'd bring up and it was when I was at Halo. I seem to remember it was calendar season and I seem to remember a church got uh, some or it was either church or a funeral home that got some calendars that, let's just say they were racy and intended for an in auto they, parts. Uh,
1: the to- <laughs> do you remember that? Oh no, it was it was a tow truck. I do remember that very well. It was a, it was a tow tu- tow truck company, and <laughs> that was that was bad. I've I've had I won't. They're one of our better vendors, and and it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. But but there was a shipment <laughs> where where somebody in production. I'm assuming who was a disgruntled employee, I can only assume, <laughs> put, put a couple car batteries in, <laughs> in with the shipment. And and, the, and it came to me and said, um, hey, customer opened it up and here's the picture. Fortunately, we have cell phones now, so you can get pretty immediate. Sure. But, uh, and, and here's what was in um, the box of, it was like Frisbees or something like that. And there were two car batteries
0: in there. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's a, that's a, got a page a, out of a page of Dunder Mifflin, somebody putting a, a rude watermark on a piece of paper. It
1: is. I'm like, what, what do you, you know, so I did, I went back to the supplier and I said, you know, I think you have an issue either in shipping and receiving or in production and you also have an issue in your parking lot because a few people are missing their batteries. And that's so you know, awful. Awesome.
0: And I know you well enough to know that's exactly it's, it's, the it's, tone it's, in which it was delivered.
1: That's right. Can you can you help a brother out on, yeah. on yeah. making my customer feel a little better?
0: Absolutely. Well, Terry, I can't thank you enough for sharing your expertise and, and a little few few laughs as well. Again, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our, our sponsor and to make sure that one way to ensure the promo you sell never ends up in your client's closet of shame is to use Citadel Brands. They have that custom apparel that's specifically made for printing and decorating for your client's brand, and they will be sure to love it and wear it for years. Head over to citadelbrands.com to learn more. Terry, again, thank you very much. Always good to talk to you. Appreciate the time, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Closet of Shame. The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing and media for the promotional products industry.